Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Okay, um, I, um, I'm going to talk about prayer tonight. Um, I saw something yesterday. I was watching... Um, Rama's what they call exaltation. They do it every Tuesday morning all throughout the school year, and uh, they do show it. Uh, they stream it live on Rama.tv, and I tuned it in just a little bit late, but they were praying. Miss Lynette was leading them in prayer, and then she had somebody give. Basically, it's just a time of uh, focusing on God, you know, without having a class. You don't have to take notes. You just come in there, and they sing a little bit, they worship a little bit, they pray a little bit, and there's usually testimony. And the testimony was very, very good that I heard yesterday, but it was more what Miss Lynette said that stimulated this message in me. And I, I wasn't, uh, at that point in time, knowing I was going to speak tonight. That was brought up <laughs> much later in the day. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, it was it, she was sharing how waves of the spirit move and 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 uh, sometimes there's a peak going on and everybody just seems to be swept in into it supernaturally many of us that living word family church started on one of those big waves of the spirit that we've come to call the charismatic renewal and uh, it was sweeping through denominational churches with the holy ghost uh move of uh, speaking in tongues, being filled with the Spirit, flowing in the gifts. We just, in our little denominational church, hadn't heard much about that. And supernaturally, God just swept through just about every denomination there was at, at that time. And people came out of those churches, and churches like this were birthed. And uh, some... Uh, and then what happens, as, as with some of the denominational churches, a lot of these churches have grown uh, old, stable, whatever the word is. I don't know what the word is. We just decided, well, we've been there, done that. We don't need to do that again. But that's not, that's not what the word of God says. The word of God has, gives indication that uh, as we draw closer and closer to the end of time, we should be drawing closer and closer to God, that we're going to need more of his power and more of his presence and more of his purpose in our lives. And we can't have that if we're just doing church as usual, you know, without rocking the boat. And so uh, what Pastor Mike said, there's a thief out there that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus told us that. And, but he said, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And uh, I want you just right now to be gut-level honest with me. How many of you can think of a time in your life with Jesus, your Christian walk, that you just had more, more, more fervor, more zeal, more passion, more power than you think you do right now? Honest, gut-level. Yeah. I, I, my hand was right up there with yours because we tend to settle and we get caught up in busyness 
in the things of this world, uh, raising families, uh, growing old together, all the things that just make up life. But, but God never intended for us to, to just sit down on the job. He may not have us do uh, long, uh, hard, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, a, a, a job that's just a permanent job and you will do this till you just fall over dead. Because what God wants us to do is multiply ourselves and train up new, new leadership and new help. But at the same time, we still have a purpose. And I believe one of the biggest jobs that the church, all the church, has is to pray. It's essential. And I remember from day one of Living Word Church, that was our call. And God drew us back to that more than once in the early years. We'd, we'd start out with praying in fervor, and we had prayer meetings that were packed out almost as full as the Sunday services, and, and we'd had the gifts of the Spirit in operation, and we prayed together, and there was volume, and there was power, and we were seeing things, and then we'd, well, we need to do this, and we'd start a program, and we're going to knock on doors, and we're going to, and, and all of a sudden, things started to cool down, and God would poke somebody in the Spirit and say, I called you to pray. And so we'd shake ourselves and we'd get back to praying and God get back to moving. And it seems like whenever we put prayer on the back burner, God sets out a spell. I don't want to do that. And I don't want him to have to come in here with a whip and drive us out and say, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer. That's what he had to do when he walked on this planet, Jesus. He had people in what was the temple of the day doing merchandising and all kinds of stuff. Nothing spiritual. He chased them out of there with a whip that he braided with his own hands. And he wasn't quiet about it. it he upset their tables and spilled all their monies and, and cast them out of there because his father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer for all nations. So that's kind of what I wanted to tell you. Uh, glad you were here to hear it. <laughs> I, um, I want to, the thing is, I think part of the reason we, we don't pray as much as we should is we forget who we are. We used to sing a little song around here called um, Identified. Anybody old enough to remember that song? I know who I am. I have identified with Christ. He lives within my spirit. He's the ruler of my life. With him they nailed me to the cross. With him I have ascended. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Bondage now has ended. Identified, identified. I have identified with Christ, identified, identified, I have identified with Christ. Just a little sing-songy uh, verse, but filled with victory and 
identity in Christ. And that's who we are. I want you to turn into the book of Ephesians, Pastor Mike's favorite book. <laughs> it's probably mine too. I have a Bible where the whole book of Ephesians just falls out when I open it. <laughs> it's been used and abused almost. But Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to read starting with verse 15. And this is uh, Paul's prayer. We call it the Ephesian prayer. But this is what he prays for the church at Ephesus. But this is recorded in your Bible and my Bible. And therefore, it's for our church too. It's for the church. He said, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you and making mention of you in my prayers, that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your uh, understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far, listen, this is where Jesus is. First, I want to back up to verse 20. It says, he seated him. That, that word basically means enthroned him. He's not just sitting there, uh, you know, sitting there waiting. He's on a, he's being, he has been placed in a position of supreme authority. He's reigning there. That's what he's doing. He's seated on a throne in heaven. And verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then he goes on in chapter 2. You know, it wasn't written in chapter and verse, so it goes on. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. But God, <laughs> who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And listen to this, people and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches 
of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Now, he raised us up together with Christ Jesus. As far as God is concerned, we're reigning in the heavenly realm too. And when you start to pray, when I start to pray, the challenge we have because we still live in these flesh bodies and I I most of the time am walking around on terra firma. I'm not floating in clouds. But I have to see myself seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not in Pam. In Christ Jesus. So it all goes back to the cross. To what we, the, the blood, oh, the blood of Jesus we sang tonight. Oh, the blood of Jesus. And because of that blood, because of that sacrifice, we have access to the same position. We aren't Jesus, but we are in him. And we should see things from his perspective. And we should take the authority that he's uh, passed on to us and use that when we pray. And when we pray, we need to be decreeing the things that God has already decreed. For instance, by his stripes, we were healed. So when we have affliction come against us, we can talk to that as if it were under our feet because that's exactly where it is. And we need to tell people when they say, well, how are you feeling? Well, I'll tell you, I'm believing God. I'm believing God. We don't need to tell them how we're feeling. Now, if you go to the doctor, you got to be straight with the doctor physically so the doctor can help you. But what, you're, what you need to do is see yourself seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. There isn't any sickness there. There isn't any pain there. There isn't any debt there. There isn't any uh, relationship issues up there. I mean, whatever it is that's troubling you that you have a need to pray about has already been dealt with at the cross. Provision for your answer has already been made. And we need to see ourselves above whatever it is that's coming at us. Too often we see ourselves under the circumstances. (laughs) But we're raised up and we have victory In Christ Jesus, because he has victory and he gave his righteousness, his authority, his well-being, everything that he accomplished on the cross. He gave it, freely gave it to us. Not because we deserved it, not because we earned it, and not even because we pray enough. It's so we can pray enough. Because what he wants us to be praying about, people, is all the nations. The people that don't know him haven't any idea they even need a Savior. And so if we start looking like them, acting like them, talking like them, feeling like them, how are we going to witness to them? How are we going to pray for them? How are we going to affect the world for the kingdom of God if we're walking around like we live in the kingdom of the devil? challenge 
That's a challenge. It's one we have been given ample uh, tools to work with, and I have no idea where I am on my notes. <laughs> None whatsoever. But God has given us equipment. We need to understand there is an enemy. And we need to understand when we are in Christ Jesus, when we have accepted him as our Lord. I always tell the Sunday school kids, who knows what Lord means? Anybody know what Lord means? Boss. B-O-S-S. Boss. That's what Lord means. We don't have a lot of lords here in America. <laughs> Some countries still have people they call Lord. I don't know why they do, but they do. Uh, but Lord just, it really isn't Jesus' last name. It's his position over us. And when we become a child of God, he's boss. That's what we do when we surrender to it's how we get saved. We confess Jesus is Lord and believe God raised him from the dead, right? Isn't that what it says in Romans? Okay, so if he's our Lord, he's boss. Too many times we want to argue with our boss. We want to uh, petition him to change the rules for us because we're different. We have special needs. We have, a, we have special problems that are bigger than he knew about back then in the Bible. There is nothing new under the sun, people, except for this new language that some people have seemed to invent, invent where they change the names of things so they don't sound like sin anymore. But the Bible hasn't changed. The word of God endures forever. Heaven and earth itself will pass away, but God's word endures forever. And he calls things what they are. He's, he's right. He made this planet. He made us, and he made everything out there for a purpose. And the whole purpose is to bring him glory. And so when we take the things that he's made or the rules that he's uh, given and we turn them around <clears throat> to satisfy us he's not getting the glory when he gets the glory is when we get victory over things that everybody else has to deal with but we just decide nope not going that way God's got a better plan I see it in his word and I'm going to go the way of the cross I'm going to go the way Jesus went I'm going to follow him. He's, he's got the, he's got, he knows the end from the beginning, people. And so we're living today in the last days. And I think we forget that we're in the last days because for uh, many, many years now, people have been talking about being in the last days. And so we think, well, they've been saying this for years and it hadn't happened yet, so we're probably not any closer than anybody else ever was. But we are. We have to be. If, if it was the last days in the book of Acts, and that was 2,000 years ago, we got to be way closer to the last days than they were. And they were living like he was coming any minute. 
And that's how we should be living. And so there are things that we need to do and prepare ourselves for because of the time that we live in. This is when we live, right now. Uh, God put you here for such a time as this. Uh, anybody know where that verse comes from? That came out of the book of Esther. You know, who knows, but God has brought you here for such a time as this. Esther was living in the king's palace in a foreign land, and she had everything. I mean, you know, she, she was the queen. <laughs> That's a job I aspire to, but Esther really was a queen. <laughs> I just call myself that sometimes. <laughs> but Esther was a queen, and she was wealthy, and she had everything, but she was still subject to the king, and she couldn't just go in and talk to her anytime she wanted to. But there was a plot in the works to kill all the Jews in that foreign land. And Esther was a Jew. It's a miracle that she even got to be queen. But her king didn't know she was a Jew, and her uncle was privy to the knowledge that this plan was afoot, and, and he called her and he said, you better go talk to the king and see if you can get this stopped or we're all going to die. Or if you do something, we could be rescued. So you need to do something. And, and, and then he told her this. You know, in fact, if you don't do something, God will rescue us anyway through another, another person. And don't think because you live in the palace, you're going to escape. In other words, this is your purpose, lady. Who knows, but God didn't bring you here for such a time as this. And so she uh, called a fast. She prayed uh, she sought God. She went into the king without being invited, told him what was going on, and, and her people were rescued. She did that by faith based on what her uncle, a man of God, told her. There are all kinds of stories like that in the Old Testament and even some in the New. But I want you to know that many of the people who had divine breakthroughs got them simply because they did only what they knew to do. Take Noah, for example. God told him, I'm going to send a flood, and I'm going to destroy the earth, and you need to build an ark. And I don't know how many of you remember the old Bill Cosby routine. It was one of the funniest things. I wouldn't even begin to try to imitate that, but it was like Noah saying, what's an ark? You know? And then he said, well, I'm going to send all this rain. What's rain? I mean, God was telling him to do things that nobody had ever done before. And he was doing it. It took him a long time, him and his kids. But the rest of the world, the rest of the world thought he was nuts. Now, I don't know how many people were alive at the time of Noah, but it was a lot of people. And they just were, the Bible says they were living, they were just marrying and being given in marriage and they were eating and drinking and living their lives. And why should we help this guy build a boat? And Noah probably told them he heard from God, but nobody paid any attention. He was ridiculed. I'd like to think if I had been there, 
I would have had enough respect for Noah as a man of God that I'd have picked up a hammer and helped him build that boat. I'd like to think that, wouldn't you? (laughs) And there are probably things going on right now in this world that, that some of you know either through a sermon you've heard, a book you've read, uh, whatever. Some friend told you something that you need to be doing, but you just keep thinking, ah, I can work it out my way. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. Well, but yes, but, but, you know, God says, da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever, regardless of what the circumstances. Well, I know, but... We're doing this. I'm doing this. I'm going here. I'm having one of these. Whatever. And then the flood came. I don't want to be like that. I want to hear God's voice. And the only way, and you know what? I'm not talking about hearing an audible voice. I'm not even talking so much about hearing something right here. You know, I've heard something down on the inside of me. I've had that happen. I heard an audible voice one time. I, I don't, I just soon not hear that again. <laughs> but but uh, I'm not even talking about this as much as I am. I want to know God well enough and be close enough to him that when someone or something speaks something and it's for me, I hear it. And I recognize that was God. That's the way I was yesterday when I heard Miss Lynette talking. And I heard this man give a testimony yesterday. I can't even remember his name, and I couldn't even begin to repeat all of his testimony. But when I was listening to it, what I heard was, I don't pray enough in the Holy Ghost. Because that's what she was talking about. Praying in other tongues. What a powerful, powerful powerful secret weapon you know what's even um, here's what I found about um, tongues praying in tongues that a lot of times when I pray in the spirit and I re- and I'm in the spirit I'm not just jabberwocking I'm, I'm really praying in tongues you know you can take your prayer language and just sort of (laughs) and you you kind of try to convince God hey I just spent five minutes praying in tongues and you didn't have your mind on him or the things of God or anything else and I'm not saying God can't use that but when we really get our heart before God's throne and intercede and pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues here's what I found often when I'm finished I haven't got a clue what I prayed about. Do I feel like I've wasted my time? No, because I know this from the Bible. If I pray in the the Holy Spirit, I build myself up on my most holy faith. So whether I understand what I prayed or not, I'm stronger spiritually just because I did it. But the secret part about it is, I know this too. The Bible says when I pray in other tongues, You may not understand me, but I'm praying divine secrets with God. He and I have a private conversation going on, 
me and God. It, the Bible says that. I have all these verses down for John to flash on the screen, but I'm not going to get done in time if I stop and we look them all up. Are you willing to take me at my word that I'm sharing the gospel, the words to you, not making this up? <laughs> we, we are praying divine secrets. I think that's 2 Corinthians, I mean, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, I believe, praying secrets. But, but, I, but we are praying them out in the spirit realm, our spirit, connecting with God's spirit, talking uh, mysteries. That's the word there in New King James. Uh, mysteries. And you should do a, a, a thing in your concordance sometime. Just take you. Have you all got a concordance or some kind of reference like that in, on your device? I, I love my iPad because I got my all these Bibles on there and I got concordances and I can just type in a word and it pulls up every verse that's got that word in it. Sometimes I think I don't want that word because there's too many of those. <laughs> but look up, just just try the New Testament. In fact, you can just say Paul's epistles. Look at, look them up in the epistles, the word mystery. Oh, my word. Paul talks about mysteries all the time. You know what? He's like, he's like, uh, what's her name? Jessica Fletcher. <laughs> God's got all these mysteries that he's written, and he's got them written. <laughs> he's got them written down in his heart. And we can tap into them. We may not understand them. We may not know. I, I, I went back and read the story of Jehoshaphat as I was preparing this. And, you know, they all prayed. When they stood up and prayed, they had five, I think it was five armies coming after them, the Israelites. They prayed. All of them prayed. And basically they just prayed a magnificent praise unto God. They, God, you're this, you're great, you're mighty, and you're wonderful, and you created everything, and no, 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 And then he said, now look, God, there's enemies coming after us, and we don't know what to do. So we're putting this in your hands, and we're trusting you to give us wisdom. And, and finally, some guy stood up in the middle of the crowd, and he says, this is from God. Um, he says, you, can, you just go out there tomorrow. You'll find your enemies in such and such a place. And you don't even have to fight. This will be my battle. You just go on out there and meet them and just stand still and watch me save you. Basically, that was his word. I kind of modernized the language. But now that's all he said. He did not tell them what he was going to do, how he was going to do it. He just said, just trust me. Go on out there and stand there and watch, watch what I can do. Well, hey, now there's five armies out there. This one man stood up with that message, but these people so knew their God that they said, yeah, they began to praise God. It says they raised up their voices and they were loud and they were rejoicing that God had prompted nothing happened yet. And then they went home and slept the night and got up the next morning and Jehoshaphat got them all lined up to go out. And he said, uh, while you're marching out there, just say this, uh, God is good and his mercy endures forever. Didn't tell them to take any swords or anything. Just march on out there to that valley where God told you to go. And so they did. And when they got there, it said while they were marching, God set ambushments against the armies. I got a feeling he sent angels, but I don't know. Doesn't tell us. It just, he says he sent ambushments. And they 
got in fights among themselves and killed each other. Every one of them died. Killed them all. And by the time the Israelites got there, there they all were, strewn out on the battlefield, dead. And it took them three days to gather up all the goodies because they took their weapons and they took their stuff and they took all their belongings. And, and three days it took Israel to gather up the, the goodies from their enemies that they hadn't even done anything with. They just went out and said, God's good and his mercy endures forever. And they marched all the way out there and found a treasure trove. They didn't know what God was going to do. And the Bible doesn't even tell us what God did other than he set ambushments against them. Have you seen an ambushment anywhere in your neighborhood? What is an ambushment? But God used it. And God got the glory. Israel's army didn't get the glory. God got the glory. So, I think there is evidence in the word of we can pray and we can know God's got the answer, but we don't have to know exactly what the answer is. We have to know who God is. Are you seeing this? That's what I want you to get a hold of tonight. And I want to challenge you to pray in tongues. Just choose to do it. The Bible says, I will speak in tongues. I will speak with my understanding. I'll sing in tongues and I'll sing with my understanding. And it doesn't mean that when you're in your understanding, you're saying what you prayed in tongues, what you didn't understand. It could be totally something different. In fact, I would say this. If you sing with your understanding first, just like Jehoshaphat did when in his people, they were just praising God first. Then when they prayed, they prayed powerful prayers, and the answer came. So I think that's the way I'm going to end. I got a whole bunch more stuff, but I don't have much more time. According to that, I have four minutes. And this is, this is going to take a little longer than four minutes, I think, <laughs> if I remember right. But what I want you to do, um, the band, I, I've given them the rest of the evening off. And I brought in another band. <laughs> no, I'm just, we're just going to do this with a, with a CD. Huh? <laughs> no, not the auto harp. <laughs> we're going to do this with a CD. It's a song you know. We've done it in church. But I wanted everybody with no responsibility except to sing and worship God. But I'm going to ask this first. If you want to stand up, you can stand up because we're going to praise God in just a moment. But I want to ask this first. If there's anybody in here who has never been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, first of all, I should ask if there's anybody in here that's never received Jesus as Lord because that is the only prerequisite. If you're saved, you should be filled with the Spirit. You don't, you don't have to be, but it's an extra special gift God has for his children once you're saved. So first, anybody that needs to be, get saved, this would be as good a time as any to come down here and make Jesus the Lord and boss of your life. If you're already saved, but you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you might want to come down here tonight and get filled up so you can do this. Or you may just want to come down here and say, just lay hands on me to stir up the gift that's already in me so that I will be 
uh, able to speak and pray. But I want to tell you this from God. You can, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can speak with other tongues. The Spirit's the one that makes it a language. You just talk in a, and make the sounds, and it becomes a heavenly language that only God understands. But he understands it, and he's going to answer. Some things you're going to pray in the Holy Ghost that are going to be so powerful that when they do come, you'll know that you've touched God. But the first thing we're going to do is praise him. While we're praising, if you want prayer for either of those things, the, the salvation or the baptism, you can come down here and we'll pray together while we're praising. It's a, it's a few minutes long, that song. But it's a, it's a kind of a loud song. I think it starts out semi-quiet, but it'll get louder. Okay, and y'all know this. It's called Victor's Crown because I want you to see yourself seated in heavenly places with the Victor's Crown too because you're in Christ Jesus. Amen? Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.